Hey, Tony, where have you been? I tried to call you. Oh, girl, sorry. I've been getting ready for Mama's visit. Hey, if she gets on your nerves... Oh, I'm sorry. When she gets on your nerves, feel free to plant her at the J-spot, because I need the business, and your mama sure can't eat. No, Joan, I'm actually looking forward to the visit. I don't know if it's because I'm pregnant or what, but I could use a little mommy and me time. We are still talking about the same Veretta Childs who embarrasses you by wearing a polyester pantsuit and asking for the early bird special at Spago, right? Yeah, I know it's odd, but I feel like being babied before I have this baby, you know? Of course, Veretta never was a tucking in story time mama, being narcissistic, crazy drunk and all. Ah, oh, mama, good times. Welcome to Oh Hell Yes, a girlfriend's podcast. Today's episode's called The Bridges of Fresno County. I'm Nettie Smith. And I'm Etsy Rowe. And today's episode was written by Mark Alton Brown and Dee Duke. Original air date 5-9-2005. And guess what, guys? That's right. He's back. We got from the Bruh Meets World, a Boy Meets World fan cast, we got Siege. What's going on? How's it going? I'm back, back, back again. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back on our podcast. Yes. We had such a great time last time uh, you were on. Since we last spoke, you guys had some big developments with the pod. You want to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. We were very fortunate enough to be asked to be on the main Pod Meets World uh, podcast. Uh, so we got to meet them. Also, I don't know if... You know this, Nettie, but I got to go to the Super Bowl and see the Rihanna uh, performance live. <laughs> so <laughs> that's another one of those uh, developments. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? We're going to have to talk about that. What was that like in person? What it looked like? Give me your thoughts, your feelings. So, it's it's so funny because I listened, of course, you know, you guys know I do my research. I listened to your episodes before this. And when I got to the one where you guys were talking about the Super Bowl, I was like, oh, it was a situation where at the Super Bowl, I was like, is she pregnant? I can't tell. I ain't going to say oh. nothing. Because, like, in person, live, y'all got to see her, like, rub the belly. Yeah, right, For me, right. it's somebody over there. <laughs> yeah, you can't really see that. So y'all were just probably like, whatever. But honestly, like, I will say, like, the same thing, you got the stage, everything about it was just, like, amazing to see in person. Because I was, like, I, I was at the game. I have no idea where those stages came from. They literally just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, you uh, can see them putting them together as halftime went together. Like, halftime, yeah, yeah. halftime happened. They yeah. were just bringing in platforms. And I'm thinking, like, you have that amount of time to figure out if these are safe. Yep. If they're going to, like, stay in the air. If everyone's tethered properly. Like, yeah. that's quick and that's efficient. They did it so quickly. And then uh, also, I was getting my life. Like, me and the people <laughs> around me, we were having a great old time. Uh, so much so, like, I remember after the halftime show, someone was like, ooh, I like somebody who know all the words. And I was like, I didn't even realize I was singing out loud. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, man. So what do you, what are your favorite Rihanna songs? Oh, um, so Umbrella, for me, is a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Diamonds was a really great performance. Mm-hmm. And there is actually... Oh God, there's like a remix that she has of one of her songs Rude Boy. that I actually really enjoy. 
It's not Rude Boy. Oh, I'm going to look it up right now. Okay, it's one cool. of those songs where it's like, I actually prefer the remix of it. And I'm like, I, mm. I like not a lot of people like this, but I love it. It's a deep cut. I also feel like Rihanna a little bit knew that people had money on which song she was going to perform first. Because bitch better have my money was like not on any that like was that was not like on a the long... bingo card. Yeah, and it worked exactly. though. It was it a did. good intro. It was a good intro, but I was like, oh, she did that on purpose. She was she put money on that game herself. <laughs> that's Rick. <Ray. laughs> yeah, that's Rihanna. She gonna get hers. But yeah, I had a really good time. Man, her dancers were they were dancing for her. They were like, well, she can't do much, so we're gonna go extra. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Did if it look like that it. in public? Like it, when you watch it in person, did it look like? Because we knew at home, we saw her rubber belly. So mm-hmm. after that, when she wasn't really giving the dance that we thought she should give, I was like, okay, I know why. But did the did you be like, well, why is she not dancing as hard? But no, here's the thing: the the moment, the moment I saw her, like even before anything started, like she was doing like my check or anything like that, I was like, she looked pregnant. But that is mm. not my space to be telling them. Right, right, right. right. You like, wait for them to say it. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I'm for all wait. we know, it's a food baby. And the, you don't the, know. The, exact, the entire time she was performing, I was like, she pregnant. <laughs> like, mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I absolutely, you know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, we, you asked me earlier. I like This Is What You Came For. Uh, I, oh, I like that song like just like vibes stuff. for me. But oh, it was uh, Kiss It Better. Y'all ever oh, hear the yeah. Kiss It Better remakes? I, I feel like I might have one time. No, Kiss It Better is, is a lit song by itself, though. What's the remix sounding like? Yeah, why didn't she do that one? That's a, yeah, it's no, already no, like, pretty good. Both, both of those are really good. The remix is just like, I don't know, I do spin class. Oh, so, like, okay. you hit that in the spin class, you just be hitting it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Are you in LA? I am. How was the snow? Do y'all got snow? We did, mm. and it was crazy. It's beautiful to look at, as you know, because it's like fresh white. But also, it's just dangerous. LA ain't prepared for like regular rain, so you add snow to that, and mm. it's it's uh, it's kind of chaotic, and a lot of damage has been done. But wow, yeah, mm. it's also you know global warming. It's getting there. Yeah, the Earth is sick because <laughs> yeah. we haven't gotten anything in New York. You would expect. Oh, I've lived in New York. Y'all should have had some snow we by now. We should have had a blizzard or something by now. Exactly. It's like they sent the snow to the wrong coast. Like Amazon lost our package. It was or something. like 60 degrees last week. <laughs> 60 degrees? It is yeah. 41 degrees here in LA. 41. Holy shit. We're in different so that times. That is insanity. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. That's, uh, that's why we got to recycle, guys. Remember, we got <laughs> to recycle. Y'all use the, use the paper straws. Do I don't know part. about that paper. You know what? That's where I draw the line. <laughs> oh, I was playing around because ain't nothing we doing stopping the amount of damage that just was that's done with that done. train derail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Well, uh, let's get into the, uh, what is it? The Bridges of Fresno County. You picked this episode, Siege. I, you know, why'd you pick it? <laughs> I love Jennifer Lewis. Like, how do you not love Jennifer Lewis? I just feel like she's an amazing actor and she just embodies the character so well. Yeah. Like, this kind of felt like, I was like, this is kind of Vernetta's episode. Like, mm-hmm. there are things going on, but like, we get a story art with Vernetta and I really, really like that. And then also, I really, I was like watching it and I was like, I love when shows like this, like, or just kind of like casual sitcoms take on something heavy, like intergenerational dynamics and something Mm -hmm. like Tony having to see her mother as a person 
before she herself becomes a mother. I was like, that's actually a really great story to tell. Mm -hmm. Well, like a sitcom that's also, you know, just being funny and telling stupid jokes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I noticed a few things like, I felt it right here. I was like, am I going to cry? Jesus Christ, not with this sitcom. So uh, we'll get to that. But um, the title of the episode is a play off of the book slash movie, The Bridges of Madison County. Either of you read that or seen the movie? Mm-mm. No, me neither. <laughs> um, but it's kind of like the, the synopsis for the movie is kind of parallel to what the episode is. Um, it's a moving love story about a photographer on assignment to shoot the historic Bridges in Madison County. He meets a housewife whose husband and children are away on a trip, and the film traces a brief affair that they have, but is never um, it never goes into fruition. And they leave one another uh, because although they are soulmates, they met too late in life. Mm. So it's mm. uh, it's kind of that similar thing. But we're gonna start out with the cold open. Etsy, you got my cold open. Yeah. So Joan is franticking around the restaurant. And she's asking, y'all can hear me? Oh, oh no, I can. I'm just judging Joan. Go oh. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, are you guys enjoying your food? Are you guys enjoying your food? Can I get you something? <laughs> and then finally the lady is like, well, seeing as how you keep asking me every two seconds, I haven't had a chance to taste the patatas brava. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll be a little less cranky once you get a chance to eat. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> So Joan tries to go outside. William stops her and is like, listen, you need to calm down. We're having a slow night. It's okay. Things happen. And then Joan is like, well, what about everyone's else restaurant? And William opens the door and he's like, see, everyone else is having a slow night. But he hears everybody getting lit laughing yeah. and doing all types of things that he's like well girl we going under. i hear some salsa music too yeah it's just it's just the good old time and then he pretty much says oh no we're, we're we're going under like this is a problem so there's 10 other restaurants on the same street is that normal to have a restaurant with that much competition like yes. maybe they should have built it somewhere else well here's the thing it's absolutely in la i mean like you guys from new york you know restaurants will mm -hmm. be like anywhere but yeah. like in la i was thinking about this i was like she just what was her marketing budget like i know like a few episodes what was it called? her publicist quit but like i'm like girl mm -hmm. where's your marketing budget like you mm -hmm. gotta if you want mm -hmm. people there you gotta get people there even if you get like bc list celebrities even if like what's your giveaways like, do you have like about like a happy hour what are you doing to get people in the door yeah like <laughs> They they say it's a slow time as if like restaurants just go through this. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the case mm -hmm. where restaurants just have a slow night and it's just the thing. But uh, besides that, do you guys notice something weird about this episode? What? What about it? There's no Golden Brooks, no Persia White. Oh, really? Shit, yeah. They did a good job. Wow. Yeah, it's funny that you guys just noticed they did. that. Wow. <laughs> it took me a couple watches to realize that. Damn. This is the only episode neither of them appear in. Wow. I, you know what? I didn't even know. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not in love with Lynn's storyline right now. So I don't the mind band. it. <laughs> Her and what's that yeah. dude's name? Trip. Finn. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. The, so I watched it the first time. I didn't notice. And then I thought back. I'm like, well, what were they doing in the episode? What was their part? And 
I don't know why they weren't in it, but they could have been the ones in the restaurant, like laughing and giggling. But they brought in Avery and Suzanne. And I'm like, well, what happened with Persia and Golden? Like, what's was it just a, a day off behind the like, scenes? Some issues that could have been another check for another episode. Because remember, it don't matter how little your lines is, if you appear, that's a fee. So I'm just like, yeah. Um, um, and you got these two people I, who I are think not a though part that of the show. They're they're the main cast, so they still get paid whether they're on set or not. I from what I hear. But still, that would have been a very. You're right. Uh, it's like why couldn't that have been? Like Lynn need a paycheck. Lynn needs something to do. She oh, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. The characters. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah, couldn't she, she could have, have just been the, been the one laughing to make some money? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't Maya know why they. Done it. I know that. <laughs> that would have made you think sense. Think Maya, Maya wouldn't have done it. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She's very extra. It would be nice to have a a, a scene of him asking Maya. Because I felt like, okay, the restaurant isn't doing well, blah, blah. But it, it kind of felt like filler with some of the scenes that they had a little bit, like going back and forth because they didn't want to stay on Tony's. That would have been good. You know, that was weird. Yeah. Um, so let's just get through the J-Spot stuff um, and then we'll move on to the good stuff. Uh, so the J-Spot has people that are literally just eating there because they're waiting for their restaurant, their table to get open from the other restaurants. And we see that where a guy is like, oh, our table's ready at another place. We're going to go just cancel whatever we ordered. And I'm starting to think that, well, in this scene, at least that their business model may not be the best. If you're only selling appetizers, Papas. then <laughs> your spot is the pregame spot. No one's really going to use your restaurant unless they need to. Is that a thing? Because I, I can't imagine anyone's restaurant is going to be popular with this type of thing. But maybe you I guys mean, know of restaurants like this. it's pretty much a lounge, if you really think about it. Like, it's not really a restaurant. I don't know why they would market themselves as such. Because even if you look at, like, the way yeah. the place is uh, set up, it's a big couch in the middle. It's a lounge. And I think that if they would have done that and made it, like, a pregame slash last destination. Post-game. Yes. That would make more sense. They would have to be open late, but... Yeah, the couch really yeah. does it. The J-Spot is supposed to be a bar. Like, that is, you, as you said, it's a lounge. You get some cocktails. The fact that they even serve food is like, okay, that, but that's extra. Yeah. You need a mixologist in there, got signature drinks. Like, everybody's coming. The, and as you said, there are 10 other restaurants. Hookah. You want them to come. Hookah. You want them to come mm-hmm. get a drink at your spot while they're waiting on the their food or their reservation. Again, depending on where you at, it's like a two hour wait for a reservation. So you they there, they're spending money or after dinner, they're like, oh, let's stop by the J spot, get some drinks. Like that's what she should have been thinking about. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Like I like the how this show pretty much says, Joe don't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. And neither mm-hmm. does William, because they're both in the same boat as far as their terrible ideas in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's depressed too. He's noticed the downturn in business. He's sitting there drinking at the bar. I want to be unconscious when they drag me off to debtor's prison. <laughs> Some 300-pound tax evader forces me to toss a salad. I was like, holy, that is a visual. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, okay, that's a visual. William. So William's like, you know, it's time to go from topless to topless, which I was like, <laughs> you know what? That might work. I mean, desperate times calls for desperate measures, you know? 
<laughs> yeah. I'm like, they even well, there we go. Topless. Like, just, uh, again, a, a little bit more chess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe not Joan. Maybe they'll hire some people. Um, that could have been Maya and Lynn, maybe. Yes. <laughs> I would. That's, again, if we're talking about fun little one-offs, I would have loved yeah. to see, like, Maya and Lynn try to be waitresses. And you again, that's comedy right there. Lynn yeah. asking people to take their orders. We're writing the episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Maya getting the attitude Maya giving because people, people attitude. doing the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been great. But she has another idea. What she's going to do is basically trick or gaslight people into thinking the place is busy and exclusive. So they'll want to get to it more. See, Janelle, is that a thing where people... Absolutely. Like, yeah, that's the thing here again, too. Nitty. In order for that, I'm gonna say, in order for that to work, you have to have people who have been there and had reservations. Like everybody right. being like, "Oh, I went. It's so exclusive. You like invite only." Word of mouth. Absolutely, that's how that works. But being empty, no, nobody's gonna be like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." Visually, you're telling me I can't get in, but there's nobody here. So what's really going on? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and plus, it makes it look like you're just turning people away for other reasons. I mean, it's a black-owned restaurant turning away white people. For all we know, well, there's no social media, so they're not going to tweet anything. But you never know. Like, that's what I thought when those people left the first time. And they're like, you're not on the list. Yeah, start the line. What line? The line you're about to start. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, they're going to tweet not to go there. And I'm like, wait, this is before <laughs> that. This is before that. But I'm, I'm sure there's something Yeah. before Work, like newspaper, Yelp? something. I don't know. Don't go to the, the J spot. What's happening? So word of mouth works negatively yeah. as well. So like, yeah. if you up here making people angry, and also like, how hard is it to say it's a private event, closed for a private event? Oh, we got so and so coming. People don't know no different. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. you know, J Lo's on her way, so we gotta keep it clear. That's actually mm-hmm. a good idea. Damn, that was. Perfect. Then I live in LA for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. Etsy, what were you saying? No, I was just gonna say that um, they do that a lot in New York. I remember I went to this one place. No, no reservation. And I was like, girl, you trying to wait or what? It's one of those Instagram type places where you just go there to take a picture of some shit. And <laughs> so they had us waiting for almost an hour. And then we go inside and bitch, ain't nobody in there, motherfucker. Like excuse me <laughs> huh and guess what a year later That's... you go to the same spot they're closed ha ha motherfucker you you play dumbass oh, games shit. you gonna win some stupid ass prizes you see what i'm saying <laughs> idiots absolutely yeah damn i guess i just i don't have the patience for that if if the line's too long and i don't know what's going on i'm just like unless i hear or see we'll see that social media now so you can see like pictures of other people who have been there like yo mm-hmm. some celebrities here stay in line or whatever but other or than that if it was worth it the thing is i'd say if you had gone and you were like but when we got there the food or drinks were amazing then you would go back again but when you got there and you were like all this for <laughs> some mediums yeah. drinks and some yeah ciao <laughs> please well, they try to put this into the practice. Uh, William's at the door dressed like a character from Shaft or something. And um, as a couple of people are walking to the J-spot, he asks if they're on the list. They say no. They send him back <laughs> to the line that's not there. And then we get Avery, William's assistant. Um, did you guys remember Avery? Yes. 
I didn't think we'd see him again. Oh, Me hell either. yes. I didn't think yeah. I would see him again. He either. read Oh, Hell Yes and got his life on track. And he's the best assistant that Williams ever had. And so mm-hmm. he's on he's on the list. So um, they hire Avery to be an actor to create this illusion that they're having. Everyone's having a great time at an exclusive restaurant because he has an amazing laugh. Well, he, he kind of tailors it to what they want, but he's really good. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Dent and I need you to laugh. How hard? Very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Too hard. I I need you to laugh with an air of confidence, not desperation. Something like this. (laughs) 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 That's perfect. And then they get someone else, uh... Joan hired a girl named Suzanne that was laughing at the movie theater super loud. Her laugh's great, too. I mean, I couldn't hear it consistently. That would just be annoying. But it does kind of go, okay, well, what's going on in here? I don't believe I've ever met Suzanne. Oh, I met her today myself at the movies. She has an infectious laugh. Give him a taste, Suzanne. <laughs> Genius! Yeah. So they're directed to uh, create an air of sophisticated frivolity with a hint of haute cuisine hijinks Mm -hmm. and so um, every time the door opens that's action and Mm. uh it gets annoying after a while but they clink the glasses and they're on it every time which is great so we get our final final scene of that part and avery and suzanne head out they apparently turned away 200 people that night stupid and not only that they're they're kind of happy about it or proud about it which I don't know how two lawyers can be this dumb. <laughs> That's true. They are. How can that like, no critical thinking be this stupid? There was a a line. I can't remember what episode, but Tony says something along the lines of, "For a lawyer, you gotta slip sloppy with the language." She talking oh, to William. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think and, that's the previous episode, last episode. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I feel the same way. They are their business model is just terrible. And I keep thinking to myself, like specifically with Joan in this restaurant, she's dated Ellis at this point in time, right? Yes. Yeah. So she has like a celebrity ex-boyfriend she could call up. You ain't make no friends in his circle. You don't have like oh. nothing you could be doing. I mean, I don't know if she wanna open that Ellis door. That was well, I'm just oh. saying, like, you... Like, no, so, I, get, look, I get what he's saying, We said desperate though. measures. Yeah, like, <laughs> even not him. Like, y'all didn't go on any group dates or anything. You don't have anyone's number, email, or nothing. Like, what? Yeah, maybe his publicist. Yeah, or something. His publicist. Yeah. She got tons of clients. Because I was like... Yeah, I was thinking Brock, but maybe not that. But Brock, he was the, he was Ellis's agent. Mm. I mean, so he might yeah. know some people too. Brock would probably Brock be absolutely would have helped her out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because he's trying to. Fuck, At this point, so. I think she should have called Brock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's single now, so that would have been the perfect call. Exactly. Also, yeah. I was thinking, like, what as Avery said, if they would have just ordered like your cheapest glass of wine and your like most inexpensive plate. You would have made money. It's like when they ask, hey, can we wait at the bar? Do you know how many places you go where it's like, oh, we just went for a drink again at the bar. Great cocktails. That would have been something for them. Like if you're trying to create hype, get word of mouth. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, y'all just wasted a night that could put y'all under to where y'all 
could be closer to closing and also this restaurant people, because y'all were playing around. That's a lot. Like that could have created that that's buzz a lot. for you on its own if the food is really good and if the drinks are good. Gross. So, ah, child, Joan don't know what she's doing. People think that because two hundred doesn't seem like a lot, especially in this age of oh, I went viral and I got. 300,000 views and et cetera, et cetera. But mm. 200 actual customers, actual people paying their money for a $20 cocktail, a $15 appetizer plus tip, that's yeah. bread. Like mm. actual tangible money. So that was a yeah. really dumb move. So stupid. And you, you just probably alienated 200 people that live in the area, that frequent that area, who are not going to go back now because it's crazy hard to get in. We got 10 other restaurants we can choose from. So mm-hmm. this was actually quite stupid. Especially for a it's new It's so funny restaurant. you say that because I were... Yes, I was... When I lived in New York, I would tell people all the time, I don't wait in lines. It's New York. There is literally something else right down the street. Mm-hmm. Like, if I can't get in immediately, then I'm just going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, Etsy, maybe they're not even here mm-hmm. next time. It's like, so I'll see if you're here next week. And even if you're worth going to. So mm-hmm. I think that this was beyond stupid, uh, especially if you're trying to like make a name for yourself in L.A. Oh, I was going to say, I was also thinking about the workers who work there because they had to listen to oh. every time the door opened. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just feel bad for those workers. Listen to these people laugh every five seconds. Mm. Almost uh, well, 200 people, that's what, 100, at least 100 times the door was opening, probably. Exactly. They come in pairs or groups. They probably lost hundreds of dollars worth of tips. Woof. For one night? Oh, two. What's yeah. What's the point? I, imagine the people who quit that night. I was just thinking, they would have just quit. <laughs> like, we work for some dumbasses. Like, let's, let's just fucking go to the one down the street. Let's see if they're hiring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Speaking of restaurants that are thriving, uh, we're going to pick the next story up at Skia, where Tony and Joan are having lunch. Tony's big. She's mm-hmm. about to burst. I feel mm. like that, um, it wasn't, her stomach wasn't that big before, like last episode. They're moving Maybe it not. along, for um, sure. They're trying to push this shit along. We're at the end of the season. They're trying to make something happen. So she she has a hard time getting into the, the booth, and Joan pulls it back for her. And she's been in my A lately because her mom's coming to visit. And she's been getting ready for it. And Joan's like, oh, shit. Like, listen, if she gets on your nerves, send her to the J-spot because we need the business. And your mama can eat. And I'm like, damn, there we go. Mm-hmm. There we go. That would have been something for them. Mm-hmm. And so Tony's like, no, nah, this time I actually want to hang with my mom. I could use a little mommy and me time. And Joan's confused. She's like, your mom's still Veretta, right? Like, <laughs> um. And I guess that makes sense. You know, she's about to be a mom and this is the last little bit of time that she can, well, she'll still be someone's daughter, but before things get real and she has to take care of another, you know, living being. Mm-hmm. So I, mm. I get this uh, change of heart here. And next we're at Tony's apartment. We actually see Veretta strutting in the door, played by the legendary mm-hmm. Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer. So let's talk about, um, let's just take a time to talk about these outfits. Any faves? <laughs> any any uh, standouts for you guys? I like what she got on in this one. I like it. It's vibrant. It's colorful. Um, yeah. Especially since, like, it matches with her personality, I think. 
That's what I like yeah. most about it. Very regal, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very like it's very loud, like Beretta. <laughs> like, and it's like, but like in a way that works for her. <laughs> and that's another thing. Like I said, when Jennifer Lewis entered, I was like, she understands this per- character so well, and like even her delivery and the way that she does it, I was just like, yes, she knows this old country black woman <laughs> who came to the city. Mm-hmm. I loved. Um... My favorite thing that she wore was that pink, like, uh, running suit that she had on. She was yeah. yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to show cute. some homage to her. Yeah, of yeah. Course, like, I had in my closet. I love that. I think because my mom wears multicolored stuff, I think older moms, they're trying to show that they're hip, you know. St- I still got it. So I'm going to wear these bright colors and vibrant things so I can relive my youth and stuff. So it kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that stuff. We'll get to the wig and stuff later. <laughs> they also might be at a point where, like, once you're, like, an older mom and your kids is grown, where you don't really give a fuck. Like, I feel like you go through phases of, like, okay, I'm a mom. Yeah. Oh, my God, I need to be more, less sexy, less bold, less vibrant. Then you're just like, bitch, if y'all don't, y'all gonna get what you get. And if I feel like wearing <laughs> a bright-ass rainbow jacket, that's what it's gonna be, girl. <laughs> that's what I, that's yeah. the point that I think she's at. Yeah. I make fun of my mom because she wears stuff like that. She'll wear, she won't just get a pair of Nikes. They got to be like the neon pink, green highlighter sparkles on the back. I'm like, yo, this is a, like, I don't even know if you match anymore. (laughs) What's going on? But if you're happy. You're happy. And I'll say like that's one of the things that, like watching this episode made me think about, I don't know if you all have like heard, you know, the discourse of like, we lose in recipes and stuff like that. Mm, yes. It's like, there is a certain amount of Southern black woman that is literally dying out just because it's like, we're all becoming a little bit more homogenized and contemporary. Mm-hmm. And to see Beretta just be her authentic country self. And I was like, I can see Tony being like, no, I want to, like, I want to be around that. I want to hold mm-hmm. on to it a little bit. She's realizing it now because she wasn't always like the, you know, oh, I love this. I want you to cook for me and be around me and we'll watch movies. And now she's realizing like, oh, this is what makes my mom special. This is this is my mom. Mm-hmm. Correct. And so I love in this first scene when we get our, it was my first giggle of the scene when she tells Tony. Carrying all high, wide and handsome, just like your mama did with all seven, except for you niece. I carried her so low, I thought she'd come out my ass. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, Who are you, niece? <laughs> Jesus, that's a... Uh, and she says it with such, like, grandiose, like, yeah. almost like she's shimmying when she's talking. <laughs> and I love it. So Tony has everything planned out that she wants to do with her mom. She wants her to make a Frito pie, which... Have y'all had that? Frito pie or anything? You mm-hmm. know what it is? I don't know what it is, but I was like, that sounds country as fuck. Like it just, yeah. <laughs> I know I'd love it. I feel like it's like it's like a taco meat. It's like a taco kind of thing, and you put Fritos on top, like the taco meat, cheese, and and some iceberg lettuce chopped up. Ah. And, then you, and then you put the Fritos on top, and then you bake it, and it comes out like a cheesy mess. Ah, mm-hmm. wow! I did not yeah. know what that was. I was I I mm. never looked it up, but I've mm. heard about this Frito pie before i mean years at this point and yeah. i was like that just sounds, sounds so good. country but also it, it sounds like one of those home recipes where it's like i you're not going to get frito pie anywhere in la <laughs> mm-hmm. you're gonna That's, need your you mother to come make it either that or pass down the recipe like you like we were saying Correct. Like, that's the type mm-hmm. of stuff 
So she also rented movies for them to watch. And oh, these three movies, I don't know if this is a good movie night, but Terms of Endearment, Imitation of Life, and Crooklyn. I've only seen one of these movies, Imitation of Life. Oh. Which is like, it's kind of <laughs> sad. And it's, it's, a, it's a race movie. I don't know why this would be a movie night thing, but mm, I think she won't cry. Like she said, like terms of endearment. Okay. Uh, like, and even Crooklyn. Crooklyn is supposed to be like one of those emotional black movies, but mm. that's why she said we can figure out where Spike went wrong because it's one <laughs> of those movies where it's like that was the intention, and you watch it, and you like, I know where you were going for. I don't know mm. if they hit it. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm like, why would you want to have a crying movie night? That's not my thing, especially cancer movies. I mean, I'm a sucker for cancer movies. Yeah. But I heard Terms of Endearment is is tough. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I'm a Walk to Remember fan, so I get I get the ugly cries. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I want to do that in front of people, <sighs> especially Mm-mm. my mom. She'd make fun of me. <laughs> Your mom would make fun of you? Oh, it's wow. just a movie, girl. Are you crying over a movie? <laughs> I'm from the South, so. Yeah. Absolutely. As you know. Oh, you are too, right, Cindy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just acting crying over a movie like, see i'm d- i'm that person with my mom because my mom loves a good emotional movie mm-hmm. like all of those like emotional or like a lifetime or any of those yeah. she'll watch all of them so oh yeah oh yeah she also wants her to like rub her feet and sing some old negro spirituals to the baby which is like okay, okay that's uh, some negro spirituals you know i love those i do <laughs> But Veretta's like, listen, we can't do that tonight. We got to do that the day after tomorrow because I need to go shopping. The day after tomorrow? God damn. <laughs> well, she got a lot going on. She got to get all ready. We know. She got to get a look. She got to get a hair done. She got to get the clothes. Tony's like, all right, cool. I'll take you to Target. She's like, nah, no, no, no. I need to go one of those highfalutin stores in Beverly Hills. And I need you to call your hairdresser Negro. <laughs> to see if he can fit me in for a pressing curl. His name's Nico, by the way. Yeah, no, I got, got that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just saying, that's crazy. I was like, I know his name is a Negro, and I was waiting for what the name actually is, and I'm like, okay, I can see it where you got where you went wrong with that. But Tony's thinking that her mom wants to change her style because she's been roasting her for so many years. So she tries to assure her, no, like I accept you for the Fresno that you are. And Veretta's like, no, that's not it. I'm just trying to. She's trying to be on her Diane Carroll from Dynasty shit. So I love that reference. What did she Diane say? Season Carroll. four. Season <laughs> four. Whatever that means. I've never seen Dynasty. My mom watches it. Uh, yeah. Um, but I've seen pictures. I've seen clips and pictures of Diane Carroll on there. By the way, did you guys see the um, the wedding photo with her and Todd on there on the little side dresser? I was I like, did. oh, they loved each other at one point. No. I don't know if they loved each other, but you know, they were together, you know? You know, their version of love is how I see it. Yeah, everybody has their own interpretation. So, yeah, and that was at the point where Todd had yet to tell her about his debt. So it's like, Uh yeah, she was in love before the debt. Uh huh. (laughs) Well, anybody would be that amount of debt. It's almost a million dollars. What the hell are we doing? This is before he was actively being a deadbeat dad. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so Tony's getting suspicious about her mom acting funny. Veretta mm-hmm. says, I finally wrapped my head around your sophisticated notion of looking good. And now all you want to do is put me in a house coat. So she's like, all right. She mentioned she got a $500 limit on a car. <laughs> she's like, cool, that'll pay for parking. 
like, oh, fuck. Excuse <laughs> me? It is not Hills? that expensive. <laughs> expensive well, there. ballet, she said. It's not that expensive, but it'll go really quick depending on where you shop it. Like, it yeah. can be $25 store, store. for yeah, valet. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is, I mean, <laughs> public transport? They don't have that in Oh, LA. don't get me wrong. I self-park, but I'm just saying in LA? Okay. no places. <laughs> I'm sure they don't have public transportation. They do in LA. The bums be on there. They do. I've been they- there and I've used it once, but it's not like here. It's not like New York. It's not efficient. Yeah, my mom is totally that person. When my mom came to visit me, she memorized the entire bus schedule around me. She was Aww. like, oh, yeah, you can just take this and that. And I was like, I don't even know these places. Aww. But she's she... a public transportation person. Yeah. So next day, Veretta's making Frito pie. Um, this is the scene where Veretta's in the full tracksuit, which is key because mm-hmm. it's going to come into play later. When she mentions a socket to me cake, she you see on her face she looks kind of nervous, like she's she's hiding something. She's like, "Oh shoot, I got too much socket and not enough to me." <laughs> Listen, to me, baby, you rest up. Mama's gonna run down to the store, all right? But we're having so much fun. Well, think of how much fun we gonna have when that cake is done. You always did bake a party in a pan. Gone now. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now remember, all you gotta do is take the pie out of the oven, and when the dinger dings, it's done. Ding means done. Uh-huh. And she realizes that she ain't never been in that kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> she don't know how to do that. So once her mom leaves, she follows her down the hallway and she sees her mom all in the red dress. The wig is the bobbin. It's bobbin. She got like the Tina Turner wig. Yes. It's one of, the, one of those um, old 60s uh, girl group type of wigs. Mm. Yeah. And her and Tony have this amazing confrontation. This is just... Ugh, chef's kiss. What are you guys' favorite parts of this, CJ? So I was going to say, in, for me, what I really liked about Veretta, even in the previous scene, is Veretta is an alcoholic. So yeah. she's good at telling stories and trying to, you know, like trying to like work yeah. the situation to get people to let her do what she wants to do. Like that's how an alcoholic minds work. Like they're always trying to play you to get what they want. And especially like if it's another drink. So to see her kind of like weave this story and be like, oh, well, I was just going to do this or I go to the store. You don't know who I know. Like, you know, like just very much. She's in practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. And things that I liked about this scene again is this idea of, Tony having to literally confront her mother and be like, wait, what were your intentions? Oh, you didn't come to see me. You came to do other things. And yeah. this idea of her, like literally just like holding her mother accountable in a way that Veretta wasn't expecting, but also Veretta kind of holding her ground and being like, look, I'm an adult. I get to yeah. make my decisions. Mm-hmm. And you ain't got to like them, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's how I felt. Yeah. Mm. Once she told her, she was like, are you cheating on daddy? Are you trying to? And when she said that, I don't know why this got this came into my mind, but I thought about Moesha. Boom. That scene where you find out that Frank cheated on Marguerite. Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Marguerite? Mm-hmm. And Mo, Mo's like, you, you cheated on mom? And I was just like, oh my God, this is like, mm. kind of like that. We're writing in that uh, black parents cheat. Is that what we're? Well, she didn't cheat. Parents she didn't are people. Cheat. They are people. And they have histories that happened before we knew them so mm-hmm. uh etsy what were you saying no what stuck out to me was when she said 
You are not going anywhere until you tell me where you're going. And don't even think about any acts of violence. I'm pregnant with your only good-haired grandbaby. I was like, Lord, here come the blacks <laughs> with they with they texturism child. That is, <laughs> That's the most southern shit. That got I her to heard. stop. She thought about it. She was like, Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That was the point. I was like, I know we have to have an oh hell yes moment, but I was like, if there's yeah. a oh hell no, because like mm. that moment where she was like the only good haired grandbaby, I was like, of course, colorism again, getting down texturism as you said. Yeah. Somehow all of the other grandchildren aren't as worthy or prized mm-hmm. as this half mixed child that they ain't even meet yet. Mm-hmm. So that's it's so, but that's so real though. It, it's so, so real. real. And the, as you said, the fact that Beretta was like, all right. Yeah. She was like, you win. You got it. <laughs> like, damn, she'll protect that baby at all costs. Mm-mm-mm. But she does say she can put that ass beating on layaway. Mm-hmm. I like that, too. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Have y'all ever challenged your mother and, like, had, like, your mother come back and be like, look, I get it. You grown and all, but you're not too grown. Like there's just like a yeah. moment where. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Like For no matter sure. how smart you are, I'm always smarter than you. Don't don't. <laughs> I don't care about you. So yeah, been there. Oh man, Nettie, I know um, that you said that you're from the country. Etsy, are you? Where are you? Where is your family from? Are they um, city folk? Or are they country folk? We're, we're, we're in New York, and I've lived in New York my whole life. So yeah. Ethnicity wise, I'm African, but like I'm 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 city folk. I don't even know like what driving is. So Oh, oh, that's a oh, whole shit. other thing. That's cool. God, I didn't like, think of that. You don't know how to drive. Yeah. I kinda like that for people in New York. I feel like if you could live in a place and never have to drive, this yeah, that's honestly, a cool concept. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I uh yeah, my, my family is straight up country. I the first couple years of my life I lived in the country in Ocala, if you know Ocala. Yes, I do. And uh, we were, I lived in a trailer. We were in a trailer yep. for like my first two years of life. And that was it. We had like animals. We had like, my grandparents had pigs and chickens. And that's, that's, we go back every Christmas, every other Christmas. And we, I mean, now I've lived in the city so long. When I go back, I'm like, oh my God, how do people live out here? Yeah. Like, what if something happens and you need immediate <laughs> assistance? Or where's the CBS? Like, <laughs> how much do y'all know about Fresno? I don't know much. Just what's on this show. So I only know about Fresno because of this show. Well, now that I live here, I know. But, like, if you drive up towards from L.A. to, like, San Francisco, you're going to have to go through Fresno County. Okay. And it is, even to this day, which is, like, 15 years later, it is a country county. As a matter of fact, if you drive through it, I think there are lots of livestock there. And it just smells like manure. Like, it's one of those things where, like, when you're driving through it, like, you kind of hold your breath a little (laughs) bit because it just has so much livestock. And they're like, like, but it's just like, whenever I drive through Fresno, A, I think of this show, and B, I'm like, oh, this is country, country. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you don't think about that in California. You don't Mm -hmm. really think about those places. Mm -mm. Um, You don't see that on TV or in anything. So yeah, exactly. Like, so for to, to kind of know that and keep that in mind, even Veretta of like, oh, this is a really big deal for her. Like the the target would be, I'm not going to say like they don't have anything, but like the target is where you go shopping. It is the mall or whatever. Mm-hmm. So for her to come to L.A. 
and look all nice. She's, you know, she is trying to show up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got on a red dress. She's trying oh, to show up for her Red, too. Red, red. Some clean. She's trying to take somebody home tonight. <laughs> she's trying to do it. So Tony snatches off her wig so she can't leave. And she's like, girl, uh, there's tons of places I can buy hair. It's L.A. Um, but we find out there's a reason she came to L.A. Um, part of it is Tony, but it wasn't just Tony. Um, she came by to see an old friend named Hank. Um, and oh, they know each other in high school. They were old high school sweethearts before she met Eugene, before she even knew he existed. And mm-hmm. he wrote her a letter and he wants to see her. And I don't know what I think of that if that was my mom. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. Like, it, it's fine for the TV show. But if my mom was like, yeah, somebody I knew before your dad. Because my parents are high school sweethearts. It's, it's a Florida thing. But to mm. even think that there'd be someone before. It's like, was this 10th grade or something? So that's that's the reason she's there. And she's going to go see him. That's why she's on the elevator. And Tony threatens to call her dad. And Veretta says, as the doors close, you ain't gonna do shit. <laughs> but it closes right before. That was actually a good thing. That was that was funny. Um, anything else before we get to the next scene, guys? And that's uh, you want to mention this rap battle that they're doing? Nah. I was just gonna say that I think that it, it again going back to like this intergenerational dynamic of Tony having to see her mother as a person, but then also like the history of Veretta. Like you said, we know she hasn't always been the most reliable mother. And to be honest, she is trying to commit an emotional affair. Like she, she's not, according to her, she's not intending to do anything with Hank, but she is looking for something from Hank without telling Eugene about it. And There's a reason she's not telling them. Absolutely. And so it is this complex thing of like you sympathizing with Rarita a little bit and understanding what she wants, but then also looking at it from Tony's perspective and being like, look, daddy has stuck by you for years through the drinking, through your attitude, like through yeah. all this other stuff. And you're just like, as far as she know right now, her mother's just trying to escape with some other dude and i was like no i actually as complex as it is i understand both sides and i do yeah it's interesting to see tony kind of like i know tony's always childish but like to see her really just be like a child in this situation and be like mom mommy what are you doing yeah Mm -hmm. And she doesn't know this guy. She knows her dad. So it's like she has a lot of allegiance to her father mm-hmm. and trying to figure out where this is going. It's just it's tough. I'm torn as well. Well, we know how we know she's not there to have sex with him. So that kind of colors the situation a little better. But so we so she says, but if she came all the way over here. <laughs> well, yeah, we would have never found out. I mean, yeah. we would have never known because he Who died. Knows what would have happened? <laughs> That's a very good point. You know, very true. She did uh, go out and get that blonde wig for a reason. Yeah, she got that Tina Turner wig. <laughs> well, you turn it, you can turn it either way, depending <laughs> on your mood. Yeah. So she's at the at the door. She's like looking in the the reflection of the mailbox. Do you do you guys know that joke about on Twitter where they're saying if you wear have blonde hair, you're racially ambiguous? 
Yes, I did see that this <laughs> That's week. That's the first thing I thought when she had a... I was like, oh, she's trying to be racially ambiguous. <laughs> Wait, what's Twitter talking about now? What black what? Twitter talking about? Well, I don't know where so it started. What happened, I, I can tell you the oh, background okay. of it. So what happened was there's this... Um, TikToker, I don't know if you can call him famous or whatever, but this known TikToker who was talking about he had gotten canceled for something he said that was inconsiderate or like misogynist. He said something he wasn't supposed to say. And in his apology video, he was like, I'm sorry, y'all. I grew up People were treating me differently, called me all kinds of things. They didn't recognize I was black. I was racially ambiguous just because I had blonde hair. And people were like, that's that's not what racially ambiguous means. Like, <laughs> just because you look like Cisco does not mean that people thought you were biracial. <laughs> so my question is, did he look racially ambiguous or was he just light-skinned? No, he is black. He was a black, black kid with, with blonde, blonde hair. Yeah, okay. with like a blonde dye job. Yeah, and so that's where so that then, came from. Everybody yeah. joking him, being like, oh, apparently if you got blonde hair, people think you uh, racially oh, ambiguous. Shit. That's hilarious. <laughs> Some people have been posting their photos, like black people on black Twitter have been posting their photos of them in like a black, uh, a blonde wig or the time where they had a little color in their hair. Like, oh, this is my racially ambiguous era. That's so black that's don't take nothing seriously. So oh the moment God, they heard Twitter's that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony's oh followed gosh. right behind her to go to Hank's. I don't know if she brought her or what happened, but they're there at the same time. She said she followed her and... I, I think about this all the time because I live in L.A. and driving is like a really big deal. Nowadays, you would just call an Uber. But mm. she, Beretta says that she was asking for directions. She was like, if I take La Brea, will it take me to so-and-so? Oh, okay. So that ultimately was saying that Veretta drove there. Knowing Veretta, she probably drove to L.A. So she has her own car. Mm. Uh, she drove there she drove to hanks and then tony got in the car and followed her gotcha. mm. so she's uh tony's behind trying to pretend she's on the phone with her daddy uh <laughs> and she's like this is what could happen if i did call him and she reminds her mom like you said earlier that dad's been with you for 40 years even when she was falling down drunk and mm-hmm. veretta's like i'm not gonna leave your dad um we find out more about hank they were in school together she knew hank before um tony's dad Hank was very special to her and she loved him. You know, we talk a lot about, or we, especially as millennials, I guess, getting close to that midlife crisis. And, you know, some people show their midlife crisis by getting a motorcycle, getting Corvette, starting a new hobby, getting a new job. Well, we don't think about maybe 20 years after that when you kind of double back and be like, well, whatever happened to so-and-so? And then... It's like, oh, they they passed away. Like, we're all getting to the point. Like, my parents are in their 50s, but they've had classmates and everything like that. Like, this is something I never thought about until we're watching this show that that's where she is in life. That's where Veretta is, where you're kind of there's no Facebook. So it's a lot easier now. But you get a letter from someone like that. and You're like, oh, man, let me see, you know, if we can rekindle even the friendship or those times when I was young. And um, that made me sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part made me sad. Mm. So she pulls out the letter saying that um, he wrote and asked to come see him. And they're on the front porch arguing and the door opens. And it's the pastor. I'd forgotten that he wasn't going to be there. So when the pastor opened the door, I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 
Oh, I forgot man. the daughter was going to be there because I knew, like, I knew what happened to Hank, and I thought like the priest would say something. But when mm-hmm. the daughter comes in and Tony's like, "Well, I'm Tony. I'm a daughter. My daddy will kick your daddy's ass." <laughs> Excuse me, my daddy passed away. Oh my bad. My condolences. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You're like, yeah. y'all didn't say don't hi. Say that. You don't know anything. You <sighs> like, imagine your dad just died. And then some stranger, and like she said the night before. So some yes, stranger is just new. at your door. And they're like, my daddy can fight your daddy. You're like, who are you? What is going on? <laughs> I don't even know the situation. Mm-mm. I'm still grieving. You know? And she, she, the daughter does really good. She very quickly, she interrupts. She's like, before you say anything else, my dad died last night. So just keep that in mind. And that's like, to your point, I just, I literally turned 35 last week. Oh, happy belated. Happy birthday. Thank you. And the, like, I hit that, like, oh, I am 35. Like, you know, and even though I, I'm enjoying where I'm at in life, it that does make you be like, oh, wait a minute. Like certain things, I am not young anymore. There are certain things that I can't do. There are certain friendships, relationships. Like what were, how was that? Will I ever feel that way again type yeah. situation? So to hear that those options are gone, it's like, I think one thing, that you're kind of hitting on is like, you start to lose those options. It's not just that you don't, what if it's just like, Oh, I can never find out because that door is now permanently closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before I get back into it, side, side comment. Did y'all think that for a second that the daughter looked like Kiki Palmer? I was like, Kiki? Oh, no, that didn't hurt. I didn't think about it, but that's, that's a, yeah. Not as much. I, I was like, yeah. not, that, that even how she around the time. <laughs> yeah. If you squint and kind of turn your head, over one eye um but yeah hank's daughter olivia lets veretta know what's up so he wrote a few people letters and i guess people came to see him i'm not sure if other people came but she lets her know that he passed the previous night and i'm like dang what was she doing the previous night buying clothes trying to get all dolled up to see him and she missed out which she could have just i mean just been like, okay, I'm just going to go as I am. She didn't know the situation. Went as herself. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of trying to, like, look a certain way, just be comfortable in yourself and just go see him. But she used that day to try to get all dolled up and stuff, and she missed that opportunity. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. who knows when she would have arrived. Would he right. have died while she was there? Who knows? But she still would have had some time with him. Something but, that you brought up, which I yeah. didn't think about until you just said that, but... It's also interesting that if she had just been honest with Tony that time, you know, it's like, it's also because she was trying to keep it a secret. She was trying to be sneaky. And had she just told mm-hmm. Tony, hey, I'm trying to see someone, I have, you know, like maybe she would have like yeah. known a little bit more about it. They could have went directly there themselves, mm-hmm. especially if it was like innocent, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. Tony would have like had a problem with it but they probably still would have made it to hanks earlier if she wasn't asked you know trying to be as deceitful right Hmm. apparently he was sick i don't know if he mentioned that in the letter but that would have been smart (laughs) to kind of know how uh how much time she had yeah i wish he would have done that because even though 
I assume since Tony is like in her 30s, I assume Ferretta's probably like 60, right? So ish, right? So even though 60 is older, it's not quite to that age where you're assuming that, oh, you finna die. It ain't that old. So I think that if he would have told her that, she would have probably been more proactive in seeing him as soon as she got there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's sad all around. But I also feel, to your point, very much like how Veretta says, she wanted him to see a part of herself that she doesn't get to feel anymore. I would imagine, especially if he was like Mm -hmm. sick and he's writing people and thinking about what could have been a part of him. Didn't tell her because he wanted her to remember him as that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Mm -hmm. he was writing because he did want to see her one more time, but it's like, Oh, I also a little selfishly want you to come expecting that that dude who you met when he was 16 or whatever. So they both omitted information in certain ways to preserve that part of them that used to be. Mm -hmm. Man, that's tough. Mm -hmm. And then when she has to sit down the front stoop because she's just like, oh, he just wrote me. Like, I just need to sit with this for a second. I think she says something like that. Like, she's like, I need a minute. Yeah. That was tough because... You know, like I said, I have my parents. My parents have, you know, people that have died, um, classmates, even if it's like due to COVID, old age, whatever. And I never see them find the information out. I always get the text like, hey, this happened. But that moment where they actually find out, I don't think I could be there for that. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could ever Mm. be there when they find out. And you see that here with Veretta, where she's just she can't move, you know. And Tony doesn't know what to do. Um, she walks to the J spot. She uh, she has to ask Joan, which really ask Joan for this advice. I don't know. It's but. her best friend. I, again, is it the best option out there? Probably not. But for Tony, <laughs> it's the most vulnerable she's going to be. Yeah. So she tells Joan what happened. Mm. And she says, you know, I'm torn because I want to have sympathy for my mom. But she, she can't because she's like, she was going to cheat on my dad. And Joan says... I have sympathy for her. She's your mother. And someone she knew passed away. She has no one else to talk to. You need to be there for her. You're right, Joan. Thank you. So regardless Mm. of what this was or who this man Mm -hmm. was, your mom's hurting. The pain is still there. So you have to have sympathy for what she's going through, which is great. Good advice. It worked out this time, Joan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So she heads back to the condo. Veretta's reading the letter over and over again. She still has outfit on. I believe she still has a wig on, too. Yes, she does. And she's like, all right, mom, I'm here. Explain your hoochiness. I'm like, damn, coming in hot. So she's like, first of all, I loved you, daddy, with all my heart. I wasn't going to have sex with Hank. I'm like, I I bet you weren't because he was mad sick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if he had the energy. And Tony has a hard time hearing it. But Veretta says, why is it hard for you to believe that I love two men in one lifetime? And Tony's like, because you're my mama. And then Veretta makes a really good point. Very good point. I forgot all about this. Parents never forget. Parents oh, are they like, don't. Parents will remind well, especially you. something like that. That's a you never forget that shit. If I recall, you loved up two men in one night and got some sort of venereal disease. <laughs> that happened in season two. Yeah, she did do that. That was a tough mm. one. I didn't know her mom knew that though, but she told her in therapy. 
Oh, that's kind of weird. I don't know if I would have told her that, but <laughs> I was thinking that too. Maybe she should have, especially Veretta. Like that seems like a, a card she's gonna throw out every chance she gets. Um, yeah, that's kind of awkward. <laughs> okay, she said uh, as soon as she met Eugene, she forgot all about Hank, called Hank, and broke it off with him and broke his heart. And Tony says, "Well, if you love Daddy so much, why are you ran down here to see Hank?" And she mentioned mm-hmm. she could have, she couldn't help but wonder about the road not taken. And the letter mm-hmm. says he never stopped thinking about her. And she delivers the line, damn it, that's flattering. Someone carrying a torch for the pretty sweet girl that I was before I started drinking, before I had seven kids, before I thickened up in places I never intended. I was like, that's poetic. That's poetic. Mm. Black people speak in poetry, I feel. Like, there are plenty of times where Black people just deliver a line and you're like, that is... Like, we know how to say some words. <laughs> Even if it's just having a little pause here and there for effect. Yeah, delivery. Mm. Oof, yeah. yeah. It's just the flavor. Like, sometimes when we speak, it sounds like music. It is. It's just, it rolls off the tongue, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like how I, uh, Etsy, you're really good at that, honestly. You're, you're, the way you say stuff, Me? sometimes oh, you go you. low, you go high. Sometimes you pause, like, and I, I I have to edit her voice every week, so I hear this, and I'm just like, wow, it's like, ooh, it's saucy. It is rhythmic. Again, like you said, the way she delivers lies, even when I thickened up in places I never thought. You know, it's like it's you understand where she's going with it, and it it emphasizes what it needs to emphasize. Yeah, mm-hmm. she says she hopes that Tony can understand how she feels one day. And they hug it out. And Tony says she's she's still going to tell her daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and Verona's like, well, what do I got to do to hush you up? And she's like, okay, this is what I want. Frito pie, socket to me cake, some foot massages, <laughs> and some Negro spirituals. And Verona mm. sings Swing Low. I'm like, they could have picked a better. I don't know. That's kind of basic to me. Y'all got Jennifer Lewis. <laughs> got to crank up that selection. Right. I don't know what would have been better. Something else, though. And Tony talks to the baby. She says, you hear that? That's your floozy of a grandma singing an old Negro spiritual. <laughs> still, still she's on her mama. And uh, she sings it to mm. the end. She fades out with it. And that's the episode. That was it. Mm. You know, talking to you, Siege, it just really made me want, like, go, okay, this episode has a lot more meat on the bone than I thought. Um, mm-hmm. Because I was coming into it, I was like, what? What is there? Do we have enough? And you really yeah. dropped some gems, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thank you. Just like on your pod. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I never fucking thought of that. I think of, like, the dynamic. I, I'm realizing as I get older, one of my favorite things is just, like, the dynamics between people. Like, how they relate to each other and how they learn from each other. And, again, as I said, as you get older, there's certain things where it's like, you hit. Like, you don't understand it when you're young and you're like, why are you doing this thing? And then you hit that same milestone in life and you're like, oh, like I was talking to a friend the other day. I was like, do you remember when you were a kid and your mom would ask you to take out the chicken and you did it? And you're like, why is that a big deal? Calm down. I was like, there are days where I was like, oh, I cannot imagine if someone didn't take the chicken out in this day. Like, I'm burning everything (laughs) down. And it's the smallest thing, but I get it now. Yeah, you come Mm -hmm. home, you think you're going to have some chicken. Exactly. you got to figure something else out And it's frozen, and Mm -hmm. I got to wait to feed you, not even myself. I'm waiting to feed Mm -hmm. you. Uh, Again, Mm -hmm. it's just like, it sits differently. And I feel like 
I really liked how Tony was like, as a woman, just woman to woman, I understand you. I understand that feeling of, again, Tony's body's changing. So I imagine she really can relate to this idea of, oh, someone who wants me for who I was before, before mm-hmm. I was married, before I got pregnant, before like all of the the venereal diseases. <laughs> you know, someone who like could look mm-hmm. at me as the innocent potential that I was. And for that, I I can relate and I can give you your space. But as your yeah. daughter, as my daddy's <laughs> daughter, I'm talent. You know, like, <laughs> and again, there's like that little bit of like teasing that Black people will do. It's like, I love you, but we'll be real with you too. That's of course. What, that's called your little floozy. You know, like what she called her mama <laughs> floozy grandma. She's just having fun with it. And that's our way of saying, I forgive you. And I love you, mm-hmm. but I didn't forget what you did. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So next is the oh hell yes moment of the episode. I'm going to let our guests go first. CJ, what is your oh hell yes moment? I will say, shockingly, it was the moment in J-Spot when Joan gave her the good advice. Because I was oh, like, wow. you don't always <laughs> get good advice from Joan. <laughs> you don't. But when Joan was like, that's your mother, and she lost someone. So no matter how you feel about it, you need to be there for your mom and support her. I was like, yes, that's, yes, I'm here for this. They wrote her well in that that part. That uh, part mm-hmm. specifically. Yes. Uh, Etsy, what you got? Um, my oh hell yes is when Tony's mom was explaining to her why she came, you know, she wants that feeling back of seeing someone who knew her before she became a mom, uh, a wife, uh, when she was a teenager, not a care in the world. So I was like, oh, well, forget about you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I chose um, the scene in the hallway, the whole scene in the hallway with them when Tony discovers the, the the clothes and the change, just the back and forth of their jabs at each other was just like, this is like, I'm, and I was sitting there thinking about Jill and I'm like, do you realize you're in a scene with Jennifer Lewis where you're going back and forth with her like this? This is on your reel forever. And she's holding her own too. Jill is active. Yes. Are you cheating on daddy? How dare you ask me that question? I'm a Christian woman. <laughs> Well, at least since 1992, you know, when Clinton got in office, praise Jesus. I don't care about Clinton. What, you supporting Bush now? No, but I don't want my mama giving hers away. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. They're I was both like, in each other's necks. Jill's first role, right? Like, this is her first role. And you are in a scene with Jennifer Lewis, and you are going toe-to-toe. You got the comedy beats. You know, like, how to use the space even and your props like the belly and everything she's yeah. always mindful of that she's belly the wig yeah just like mindfully and subtly reminded Veretta, i am pregnant so <laughs> yeah what you gonna do yeah. you ain't gonna hit me um and right. i really really enjoyed both jill and jennifer and they are believable as a mother or daughter you know sometimes yeah. you get casting that doesn't work 
and you're like, I'm supposed to believe that this is so-and-so's parents. But this one, I was like, absolutely. Like, I believe their dynamic and it works really well. Yeah. So that's our show. Thank you so much, Siege, for coming through and blessing the pod. You really open up conversations that are just like, oh, man, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Let the listeners know where they can find your your pod and your content, all that stuff. Absolutely. Um, Thank you guys so much for inviting me. I always have fun. I would love talking to this show. I really appreciate being on. And um, I will say that they can find me and my work at Bruh Meets World. That's B-R-U-H Meets World on all the places, TikTok, Spotify, like we have our podcast. We are in our I think we're still in our sixth season and we're wrapping up. <laughs> we got one more to yeah. go. You guys sprinted through. We ambling along. So I'm really yeah, proud of y'all. Like, I'm like, oh, I miss you guys. Like, it'll be like <laughs> one of us. I'm like, oh, as God, you said, I'm back. And there's sorry. no rhyme or reason. I'm like, maybe three weeks, maybe. Ugh. We got to be better at that because in reality, we have a schedule, but I, I spent the whole month traveling. As I said, it's my birthday and all this other stuff. And then uh, my co-host, I was like, is it coming out this week? He's like, next week. I was like, man, we should have said something, but we'll, we'll be better at that. But yeah, I appreciate you guys for listening, for having me on. No problem. You're always welcome here. Check us out on social media at Hell Yes Girl on Twitter, at Hell Yes Girl on TikTok, uh, where you can see videos of us doing the show. And head over to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, write us a review, we'll read it right here on the air, and make sure you tell a friend to subscribe. The next episode's called Wedding on the Rocks. Mmm, I think I know what this one's about. Uh, We're going to have another guest on for that as well, so make sure you're here for that next Wednesday. And until then, I'm Nettie Smith. And I'm Etsy Rowe. And we will see you then, guys. Be safe.